good morning of the internet. Um, it is I, Fran, from over underrated. My co-host Babs is in Luxembourg, so can't be here to do this intro of me. Um, today's subject is Americana. Um, well, Americano. One's a coffee, one's a genre of music. The overrated choice is Mr. Bruce Springsteen. And our underrated pick is Frazee Ford. And we have a guest with Claire Ferguson Walker. We do get off the rails a little bit, but hey, in live podcasting, anything can happen. So please enjoy this music podcast. See you in a minute. Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. And welcome to another episode of Over Underrated. It is me, Fran. Hello. And I'm not alone today. I'm with my co-host, Babs in Belgium. Hello, Babs in Belgium. Hello, Fran in England. How are you today? <laughs> I'm splendid because I still get to uh, go to gigs. How's uh, yeah, guess what? I don't. Uh, I was meant to go and see Arlo Parks in a few weeks' time. Nope, not happening. Although I have been refunded already. So, you know, oh. at least there's that. But yeah, we are in a sort of temporary lockdown before Christmas. See if it changes anything. But I have my booster shot booked already soon. So there we go. Beautiful. Yeah. But I am also aware that you still have access to music. So what have you been listening to in the past week or so? Well, Fran, we are recording this the day after Spotify wrapped. So obviously big, big moment, big times. So quite honestly, today I've been listening to my list of 100 songs. Some surprises there, some not. You have to check out our social media to to find out what's been going on. And I think my biggest surprise was that PJ Harvey was my top artist, which shouldn't be that surprising in a way, because I did guest on Ryan from the Broken Record Players podcast. Shout out to Ryan, who also guested on one of our episodes. And we had to analyze Dry in depth. And I think that just set me down a a PJ Harvey path. How about you? Yeah, well, the podcast has destroyed my uh, spot. Oh, yeah. I've remembered now. A lot of your vision, a lot of ABBA and a lot of the Ramones (laughs) in my top (laughs) influence. So the things I do, guys, for, for you. I audience. saw that your top artist was Clean Cut Kid, who I have never heard of in my life. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i seeing Clean Cut Kid, my last uh, gig of the year. Mm. And uh, it seems that I'm the only person who listens to them. And, you know, but I will be, uh, as a loyal fan, I will listen to them every day. <laughs> That's why I'm <laughs> up there, uh, their place. <laughs> but I think I did have Group Love, who we did an episode on. Very well. good, very good. So there you go. Um, but we are chatting and being very rude because we're not alone in the world of Zoom. We have uh, an international guest in a beautiful country called Wales. She is a comedian, a spoken word artist and a sculpturist, which I think is a word. Claire Ferguson Walker, hello. 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 Very nice to be here in this Belgian English sandwich. This is where I find myself in the in the middle in Wallace. Um, yeah, my absolute pleasure to be here, both of you. Um, I love podcasts. Full stop. Oh. <laughs> there we are. Yeah, and I love talking about myself. So this is just great. Um, and opinions. And actually, what's been really nice about this is it's sort of just forced me to be quite mindful 
um, when listening to music. Music's often like the soundtrack to me cleaning my house these days, because if I'm not listening to music, I just have the inner monologue of, oh, I'm being used as an unpaid workforce uh, going on and I can't get anything done. So when I listen to music, it kind of takes takes me out of that. But this, I sat down and kind of really listened to the lyrics and yeah, had quite a mindful experience uh, with 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 this little playlist, which was rather lovely. So apart from being forced to listen to these choices, what else are <laughs> you listening to in your um, This week I've been listening to LP. Do you know LP? Laura, I want to say Pagosa. Or P- P- I should know, shouldn't I? It's, P- it's Laura Pagosa, Paloga, something like that. Quite an Italian sounding name. But she calls herself LP. Um, and she's absolutely amazing. This woman can sing. Um, and she's got a really bold, incredible look. She she looks like a young John Cooper Clark. You wouldn't sort of think that at all, would you? It'd be the last person you'd think of when you hear a name like Laura. Um, but yeah, her vocals are really, there's this amazing timbre in there, much like Frazee Ford, but actually with a slightly more operatic feel to it almost. And her songs are just big emotional ballads that get me right in the 80s. <laughs> they get me right in my 80s feels. Um, bit of a sucker for that kind. And Disraeli as well. I've been listening to a bit of Disraeli in The Small Gods, um, which has been really inspiring, obviously, as a spoken word artist. Every now and again, I kind of force myself to listen to a bit of spoken word. Um, <laughs> often I'm just like, oh, it's too good. It just makes me feel shit about myself. So I, I never I never want to listen to anybody else, which is a dreadful thing to confess and admit. Um, but, but I have been forcing myself to listen to some the last kind of six months. And I really like him. I almost chose him as my underrated artist. Um, yeah, because I think he's just a lot less known than people like Scroobius Pip and obviously Kate Tempest, but he's really up there with them. He's really fantastic. This episode, guys, we are doing Americana-ish. Yes. And we have two artists under the umbrella of Americana. We have a one we're declaring as overrated as Bruce Springsteen and another as underrated with Frazee Ford. More, to, more about her later on. So first, we are going to discuss Bruce Springsteen. And we have made a five-track playlist for us to discuss. We have sent it to everyone. And we will go through the playlist whilst discussing our thoughts on Bruce Springsteen and then deciding whether he is over or underrated. So I'll start with Babs. Tell me your your thoughts on Bruce Springsteen or how you uh, found Bruce Springsteen back in the day. I'm just going to say that I've never heard you sound so professional in my life and I'm fucking loving it. Um, <laughs> right. So Americana. So Claire, I, I I have some things to declare when uh, Franz said, oh, you know, Claire's picked Tracy Ford. I'm like, oh, you know, I have no idea who this is. And then uh, he's like, oh, you know, it's a bit folky. It's a bit Americana. So we had a discussion and I thought and he said, maybe we can pick Bruce Springsteen. And I was like, oh, God, because. I do not like Bruce Springsteen and I generally do not like Americana as a vibe. That was that was what I thought coming in. Like it's close to country. You know, I can deal with a banjo or a guitar as part of a wider thing. Uh, but normally it's it's not for me. But as ever, I try to keep an open mind. 
And with Bruce Springsteen, you know, he's come up before because um, Fran picked his song Ghosts for our Best of 2020 episode. So, you know, as I said, he seems like a lovely guy with interesting politics. He's meant to have great shows. And I think it was really only this time that I really realized he has probably been going since the 70s. And still, that that's super impressive. I checked the Spotify stats. He's 235th in the world and has over 16.2 million listens per month. So you can't deny that he's huge. But yeah, coming in, I, I came in tentatively i think the closest i wanted to get to bruce springsteen was to see blinded by the light which i still haven't seen what about you fran i was thinking earlier actually how i got into bruce and i think i got into him through films Mm. like he would appear on film soundtracks and i go oh that's a good song well that's a good song and i never really thought about owning a bruce springsteen album obviously i knew the big hitters and uh but i think that like randomly i got into bruce springsteen in about 2007 because his last like six albums have been brilliant. And I make a playlist of the best songs of the year. And he's made it virtually every two years, which is insane for someone I don't really um, declare myself as a fan of. But um, yeah, his hit rate for the past 15 years has been superb. And I'm at the, I put two tracks on, the, on a playlist from an album from 2009. And that was playing at, at H&B again and again and again. And I saw him perform that year in Glastonbury. And he was fucking amazing and he was like 61 years old and had more energy than any of the 20 year old guys i always liked secret garden from um jay mcguire and i've always thought yeah he's he's, he's got some great songs which work amazing in films I, I thought he may be overrated because a lot of people bang on him about him all the time and does he deserve being called you know the boss. the boss of rock and roll or whatever you know is does he deserve that acclaim and i haven't really gone deep to discover if he deserves to claim. So I thought I'd, you know, give him a go. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, how about you, Claire? What's your thoughts on Bruce? Bruce, do you know, he's one of those artists that I've been aware of my whole life. Um, I was a big kind of top of the pops viewing girl when I was young. So I grew up in the, gosh, well, 70s and 80s. So I'd have been 10 in 1988, 10 in 1988. So I just just remember Bruce being one of the sort of soundtracks to my childhood, really. and kind of huge. I loved Born in the USA as a kid. That that just tied in with my kind of fantasy love of Americana as a child, along with fame and Michael Jackson, Coca-Cola, Hollywood. You know, I absolutely wanted to be a Hollywood superstar as a little child. It's a big part of my life. So I think Born in the USA was had that anthemic feel of like absolute pure patriotic Americanism I I definitely remember getting kind of swept up in that and singing it really loudly in the lounge Um, but never been a you know never been a fan fan you know never went out and bought his albums at all Um, or, or, or really kind of you know thought of him as a favorite but was super aware of of how massively loved he is you know his fans are many aren't they he he's he's absolutely beloved and yeah known as the boss you know along with the likes of Elvis being called the you know the king of rock and roll Mike the king of pop he was all you know when superstars get to that point where they're given a a title like that you know that they've got to a level of 
absolute superstardom that's that's kind of right up there don't you so yeah aware massively aware of him and knew the big songs but was never you know I would never have called myself particularly a Brucey fan I was too busy being in absolute love with Michael Jackson that's who I was crazy about as a kid overrated so I have made a five track playlist and I chose these songs as kind of like uh, a career spanning list of different shades of Bruce. And the first track I chose was as a kid of the nineties, the song that I could not miss, which was the streets of Philadelphia from 1994 from the film Philadelphia starring Tom Hanks. I have not seen the film. I should make probably uh, watch the film one day. I'm surprised as a film buff that you uh, haven't. Yes. I was expecting you to have, yeah, because I haven't either. <laughs> but when in your life are you in the mood for a film about a guy dying of AIDS? Yeah, it's, it's so true. Be. Yeah, it's <laughs> so true with all the choices out there. Yeah, I think the only reason I have seen it is because there would have been nothing else on the telly that night. Do you know what I mean? I, I saw it when it came out. Yeah. I think I need to be in the cinema oh. and like forced to embrace it. It's probably amazing, but I just would not get around to it. So yeah, so Streets of Philadelphia was played constantly. I believe it's his biggest UK hit, which is kind of weird if you think of Bruce Springsteen, but this is his biggest hit. Um, but yeah, it, it, this is when he had moved away from the E Street band so he could do his own thing, which is why it's a stripped down approach. It's basically like a drum beat and him, you know, talking over it in, in a very basic sense. Maybe that's like a 90s kind of thing. So, yeah, so I, unfortunately for me, because I've heard it so, so, so many times, I tend to just skip it instantly as soon as I hear that, that drum beat. So I wanted to think, you know, how do you think, Babs? Did it affect your life back in 1994 or were you too young? To- uh, yeah, this is the thing. So, I, yeah, I'm a little bit younger because in 1994, I would have been seven. Um, so, but I, I do actually feel like it was overplayed Uh you know, at the time, and I think it's just one of those songs. I don't know if it would be like on magic radio or whatever, but it is a sort of radio staple. So I actually really enjoyed her- hearing it again in this context because I realised it had been absolutely years. I kind of hadn't realised because I hadn't really paid attention to it since I was a child that there was synths and they they used very nicely. I really like the, you know, la, 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 la. So, yeah, and, and looking at the lyrics, it seems like it could be from someone suffering from HIV or AIDS. And it's very sensitive. And I was like, okay, do you know what? Absolutely, I can understand why this song is as, as big as it was. Although I couldn't help but feel a bit cynical about it. Like, do you guys know whether, was it a song written for the film or was yeah. it? Yeah, okay. Because it's the first time he's ever written a song purely for the film. And, and what we hear is a demo version. It was supposed oh. to be a rock song because he had asked Neil Young to do Philadelphia as the end of, of the uh, film, which is a slow song. Mm-hmm. And then he wanted to have an upbeat rock song by Springsteen. And then Springsteen just sent him a demo, which is why it's got that basic beat. And then, um, yeah, Demi, Jonathan Demi said, oh, I love this. This, oh, is, okay. this is the song. That's how it happened. Because I, I couldn't help but feel a little bit cynical. About, I was just like, I don't know, is it a bit, right, got to write a song about AIDS? What am I going to do? Because because he obviously isn't, well, as far as I know, isn't queer, isn't suffering from this. I mean, 
artists are of course more than welcome to play characters and write about whatever they want but there was something with me that I was like how how real is this you know how manufactured is this or, or not that that was my feeling Claire what what are your thoughts on the streets well but I've my thoughts are now many listening to both <laughs> of you I'd never thought about that political um, perspective before about the you know the potential sort of cashing in on somebody else's trauma and cashing in on basically what was you know a, a pandemic the AIDS pandemic which um at the time that that was made it was still you know there was loads of taboo around HIV and AIDS it was still an absolute death sentence that that people got and you know massively stigmatized so politically it was a very important song I think for you know for highlighting um highlighting the plight and I'm sure many people were drawn to watch the film because of the success of that song which was it's just a very, very beautiful, sad, sad, sad song. And that's amazing. I didn't know it was stripped down like that just for a pilot. <laughs> and they heard it and went with it. It's got that kind of, um, that, that sparse kind of Lord plays with that sparsity in a lot of her songs as well, doesn't she? Just that really crisp, simple rhythm and him talking and the video is quite simple, low budget. It's just him walking down a street, I seem to recall. Um, I, I think it's beautiful. I absolutely loved that song when it came out. Um, and I, I, I'd say I haven't overplayed it. I could gladly kind of have that, have that playing in the odd playlist for me and still get into it. Um, so yeah, definitely big tick for me for that song. I really love it. It won an Oscar for the best. Did it? Yeah. But yeah, I should definitely, I should definitely watch the film. I think he he chose uh, Spring Singer and Neil Young because he thought it would bring a wider audience to mm. AIDS. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah and sense. I think it's kind of ironic, you know, I, I did think this, of how he wrote such a patriotic song in the 80s when it was Reagan who was denying all of this. It's like, oh, it's the two sides of, of restraint. And of, co- of course you can be both. People contain multitudes. But I, I, I that's what made me be like, yeah, this, I guess this is a little bit cynical. Not not the spring scene would have been very pro-Reagan in particular, but uh, but yeah, to write such a patriotic song when... This was obviously going on. I think with programs like Pose and It's a Sin as well, really bringing that to the fore and really seeing how people are kind of whitewashing how bad it was and how people were stigmatized, as you said, Claire. Yeah, it's, uh, it, did, it did make me think twice, but I can totally believe that they wanted to bring people like Neil Young and Bruce Springsteen on to get a wider audience. Yeah, and to try and normalise the subject and, and you know, and yeah, I agree with you. I hope I hope the profits from that song went to the AIDS Foundation. It makes you hope that sort of thing, doesn't it? Mm. You know, that at least they'll have done something a bit groovy with with any profits. It's a, I've, I have seen the film. It's really bloody sad, as you can imagine. <laughs> but still worth a watch. You're like, you, you'd recommend it. Oh, yeah, but I love a, I love a, an emotional film. You know, I can handle a good old emotional. Yeah, that's good. See, emotional anything too week. emotional or too scary, for me, it's Saturday afternoon. It's like, all right, really? I'm not, you know, sunshine. I work vaguely in nine to five, but like I'm a consultant. So, you know, I, I manage my own timetable, but I try to kind of, you know, do, do a nine to five. So it's like, right, I'm not working. I have the mental capacity to deal with this, but I still have the evening if I want to do something fun to be able to cope with yeah. the trauma. <laughs> trauma of it yeah I, I'm quite I'm like that I'm very moved by by films yeah whether they be you know inspirational funny or scary yeah I'm a bit of a sucker I know I love the horror genre it's um it's like really fucking exploded recently but that's for another podcast <laughs> <laughs> so um I thought let's go from the streets of Philadelphia to glory days as a massive 
turn. So this is basically I know the the eighties Springsteen, but I kind of remembered with punching in the air and you know yeah glory and the button uh, buttons undone dancing at a wedding. Uh, that was glory days, but. Actually, reading lyrics is actually quite a, uh, a depressing song, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it basically is. saying don't no, don't live in the past, guys. Move on. Don't be that. Yes, absolutely. Up. Yeah, it is. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Say goodbye to the glory days. Yeah, stop harking on about them. Um, yeah, it's it's a slightly interesting interesting take on it, isn't it? But yeah, for me, I absolutely categorised that one with Born in the USA and Days of Thunder. Just even, you know, the titles of them speak of big, shiny, leather, masculine gun flag. <laughs> isn't like, isn't Born in the USA an anti-USA song? Isn't that about like Vietnam? Vietnam, yeah. 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 Is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so it literally is. I only learned that at a karaoke evening where uh, like a politically minded colleague of mine chose it for karaoke and he's like, by the way, have you noticed the lyrics? And I was like, oh, <laughs> no, oh. I hadn't. <laughs> Infotainment. <laughs> but I can see why people would hate Glory Days. It is slightly oh, cheesy. So it, annoying. Yeah, I, I, I really can't stand this song. Yeah. <laughs> Glory Days. So yeah, I, up, I actually hadn't realized this was Bruce Springsteen. Like I absolutely knew this song, but didn't associate it with Bruce. Again, I associated it with the radio. I associated it with, oh yeah, the kind of thing that in the 90s when I lived in the UK uh, would would play. Um, and yeah, then I went to listen to the lyrics and I was like, well, this is pure Americana and apparently it is autobiographical. So Wikipedia says it's based on like an encounter that Springsteen had with a, someone who played baseball in the summer of 73. So he carried that with him for 10 years to, to write this song. And it's, you know, more palatable than a lot of Bruce Springsteen stuff. The country guitars are it muted and the synths. But Springsteen biographer Dave Marsh, he called it rinky-dink organ, honky-tonk piano and garage band guitar kicked along by an explosive tom-tom pattern. I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is kind of why I don't like Springsteen. <laughs> the general, it's, it's fine. This song is fine. Yeah, I guess it's the Magic FM Springsteen. Yeah, honestly, yeah, this is this is the problem. Like, I, I I feel like Springsteen is someone who I only know about four songs because they're the only ones played, and yet he's someone who has twenty studio albums. I had I had no idea, and like I said, like it hadn't even clicked with me, despite Fran including one of his songs in the on our best of twenty twenty thing. Like, oh yeah, he's still making music. So so um yeah, next up I chose one of his classics from his like I guess the album but broke him born to run from 1975 I got Thunder Road and I think this is when he sort of like moved away from being like a, a Dylan-esque uh, singer-songwriter to you know writing the narratives for the blue collar America and you know writing stories about you know about romance and having like it's, it's kind of it's kind of feels a bit, a bit musical theater this this the song and that kind of puts me off a little bit. I don't mind some musical theatre, but I don't think that Bruce Springsteen should uh, should happen. Oh shit! <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's also it's also Bruce. a little bit. It's kind of a bit like uh, a working class meatloaf. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever been compared to a meatloaf. Brilliant. Pound not not that meatloaf is particularly you know yeah, upper class, yeah, but not, yeah, yeah. Not, <laughs> not royalty. Um, but yeah, uh, you know the the uh, it's, it's what. 
I think if you if you think of a Bruce Springsteen sound, this is it. You know the the you know, the dancing piano, the saxes, you know the thunderous drums. This is kind of you know the Bruce cliche sounds. So I thought I'd include this as you know you can't. I thought I won't include you know his two biggest hits because people have talked about you know Born in the USA and you know and uh, Born to Run a billion times. So I thought I'd include the other tracks on the album. So Claire, have you heard Thunder Road before? I have heard Thunder Road before. I mean, it's another one, as we've just said, that's, yeah, often on the radio, isn't it? Um, uh, you know, and I'm sure, you know, along with, yeah, Born in the USA and the other big power hits, um, you know, it would lend itself to some pyrotechnics live <laughs> on stage. And you would hope that they're all standing far enough back. Um, yeah, it's just got that huge stadium sound, hasn't it? And, and that's massively a big part of what he loves. Just that huge, huge sound that he knows is going to work well, you know, performing live to thousands and thousands of people. And you, you kind of get the feeling that these songs have been written very much with that in mind. You know, they're not sitting there imagining them as quietly sung you know ballads around a campfire these are absolutely written to yeah to reach out to thousands of people in one go and it's 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 driving music as well isn't it it's the kind of thing that reminds me um of my first father-in-law who was a bit of a sort of petrol head and you know a bit of a quo lover and a bit of a yeah a bit of a bit of a dire straits lover and a brucey lover and he would, yeah, play these songs, play these tracks while we were kind of driving to places and he was showing off about his vehicle <laughs> <laughs> and other manly things. So it's got this real sort of, I just think of it as being a bit sort of stuffy male, sorry, <laughs> sort of terrible thing to associate it with. But that, uh, but I do, I think that's what I associate it with, with an old man trying to impress a young woman. <laughs> what is interesting is like, obviously... When he wrote this, he still wasn't a, a millionaire, but now he's worth 500 million. That yeah. much? Yeah, he's worth 500 million. Like Four Fritz is rock star. Like, can he be a blue collar guy? Like, can he hang out down well, the Well, you know, right? as previously discussed on the Bon Jovi episodes, this 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 is the problem. Like, I actually, I, I put this comment on the next song, but I can bring it up here. I found it quite ironic. This this song and, and the next one, it is exactly the kind of things that Bon Jovi are singing about that we criticise because, yeah, I don't know if you know, Claire, but Bon Jovi had a country album and it was fucking terrible. And um, there's oh a lot God. of, like, no, the working no. man kind of lyrics. And it's like, yeah, and the thing is, right, okay, so this was in the 70s, so I, I, I don't... I, but, I can imagine that's the kind of stock that Bruce Springsteen sounds like, but I actually didn't know this song. And I genuinely thought his voice sounded like a parody, like, you know, like... Like he was doing an impression of himself. It, exactly. And I, I found this so syrupy and sentimental. I, I, I did not like, you know, piano and harmonica. And I was like, oh, please let their more instruments come in. But then it's, it's more piano and a saxophone. And I was like, oh God. And then the bells, I was like, no, this, yeah, this is, this yeah, is it's just pure cheese, isn't it? Pure cheese, cheese. and yeah, Fran, I was just very surprised that you'd picked this when you'd criticised Bon Jovi for doing similar, let's say. Well, yeah, yeah. well, I'm not a fan of this song, hence what I just wanted to show, you know, yeah. I, I thought I'd have a mix of songs. Hmm. It'd be boring if I chose my fave five bring sprinting songs. I don't really like the Glory Days, Thunder Road side of Bruce Springsteen, mm -hmm. but I don't know what you guys think, so I thought I'd, you know. I'd offer up to taking. Okay, um, delighted, up, delighted. <laughs> and then next up, we have a, a change of direction and another uh, song from a film, The Wrestler from 2009. 
And uh, have you seen the rest of the guys? I, I have not, no. Yeah. I have. Is Claire, it good? Or, or, tell us your thoughts on the wrestler. It's an absolutely incredible film. And I mean, they couldn't have cast it any better. It stars Mickey Rourke as a basically a kind of out of the limelight wrestler whose whose glory days are very much behind him and he's trying to kind of make money doing these awful sort of street fights where they really hurt each other and his life's basically a fucking you know trash can fire it's he's in a mess he's living in a trailer his daughter doesn't want anything to do with him um you know he's an alcoholic who constantly goes to strip strip clubs and he falls in love with a woman there and it's it's kind of just following the the the, the other side of fame you know the the look at what life might be like for someone who is like a fallen celebrity and it just does it so fucking well because you just feel he's absolutely living that part mickey because he's also you know in his own p- private life very much on that same trajectory you know a, a star who kind of had his days as some real hot hunk had too much surgery and too many drugs and da 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 you know the, the the tragic actor's path and he just does it with such a plum it's such a believable film and um yeah, and almost painful to watch in parts. You know, it's it's painful. It's painful. There's some really tragic scenes. And um, yeah, I well recommend The Wrestler. It's a brilliant film. So Babs, the film ends with this song. And I think once you've experienced the emotional uh, movie, like this really resonates. And I, I did cry when I first heard this in the film because I am a loser. Mm. And, oh, no, that's uh, nice. That's good. And, and without seeing the film, I wonder what you think of it. Because I mentioned earlier earlier off, off, um, off mic that when Bruce Springsteen first um, started, he was compared to Bruce, sorry, to, um, to Bob Dylan. And you can really notice it here. This is basically uh, like a Bob Dylan-esque track, you know. Although I don't know how a, one, a one-legged dog can walk down the street at all i don't know that's a thing uh, Bruce. i mean two two-legged dog with help or one yeah but one-legged that may be more tricky yeah so it was specifically for this song i wrote i feel like so many people make fun of bob dylan but not enough of bruce springsteen because bloody hell this is a cliche <laughs> um i think the way it starts it, it's not at all what i would expect a bruce springsteen song to be it's like ethereal synthy strings but then the acoustic guitar comes in and he starts talking about a one-trick pony and a one-legged dog and i was like no bruce why 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 have you done this to me come on because i thought oh okay it's 2009 it's really going to be a bit different and also the way it finishes it's quite i wrote wet it fades out it's like like you couldn't be bothered and the lyrics i mean obviously talked about the pony and the dog but the lyrics have you ever seen a one-legged man trying to dance his way free if you've ever seen a one-legged man then you've seen me. I was just like, what, what um, am I hallucinating here? What is going on? So I could, if it comes at the end of a very emotive film, precisely that's about overcoming a lot of stuff. I can imagine that you perceive this a bit differently, but yeah, just, just by itself, it, it didn't do much for me. I'm afraid. In- interesting. So yeah, so I, I think yeah, definitely you need to have this in the same uh, subtext as, as the movie. So um, I did have a different song to end my playlist, but I forgot that we had discussed it last year. Because I wanted to put something like more modern. So um, so I then thought, okay, when I rediscovered Bruce Springsteen, the song that we loved at work was Outlaw Pete from the same album as The Wrestler, but a very different, a very different sounding uh, Bruce. And I think that Bowser will fucking hate this. To me, it's like, it's like you know, there's a, ro- a rock opera. This is a rock western. It goes on for eight minutes. And it no, it has like any Morricone harmonicas. It's like a, a a tale about an outlaw being a, a criminal since the age of like what six months was it something? 
at, at six months, he would be over three months or something. Very young, very young. But it's an eight-minute song, but I never get bored of it because it constantly keeps changing. It keeps changing all the time. And the guitar section sounds just like Kiss. I was made for loving you, baby. Oh, it does, that arpeggio, yeah. It does. Um, but I adore the ending. It, it, it slows down and has the Moya uh, Onikoni uh, harmonica sound like you, you'd have in like, Good, Bad and the Ugly. And then it sort of gets all slow. And then the strings comes up and then the guitar comes in at the end. A bit like uh, November Rain, Guns N' Roses, with like a down, 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 down. And Bruce singing, can you hear me? And he watched that at Glastonbury 2009. It's spectacular. So I love it because I'm a pretentious prick who likes overlong songs with glorious melodic guitar. But I fear the worst that you guys may fucking hate this. So Babs, tell me how much you hate the song. I don't hate this song. I gracious me. Yes. <laughs> though I think Claire might have a different opinion from what she just said. But yeah, so I I I will couch the blow. So I much preferred this to the wrestler or Thunder Road for sure. I didn't realize it was eight minute song. I think that was part of it. So I was listening to it. I was like, oh yeah, all right. This is this isn't too bad. And then I went back on Spotify and I was like, why why is this taking? Oh, okay. I'm four minutes in. And I'm I'm halfway through. I it starts in a quite tense way. I quite like the strings and the electric bluegrass bluegrass guitar. I think the harmonica is used nicely. I like the verses, but I don't like the chorus. So the I'm Outlaw Pete thing, I wasn't so much of a fan. But because the song is so long and there's so many verses and it really feels like a journey. You know, like you say, it feels like a western. I I appreciated it. Although I wrote ending is cynical and I I can't remember why. <laughs> why I don't know why I wrote that, but that is how I felt. Maybe maybe it just ended in a very kind of triumphant way, and I thought no, yeah, stay triumphant. Yeah, there we go. But yeah, Claire, <laughs> I probably need to listen to it a couple of times. It might be one of those songs <laughs> that's a bit of a grower. Maybe that's that's the <laughs> nicest thing I can think to say of it. Um, I, I found it instantly really bloody irritating. It. it <laughs> I think it took me back to sort of scout camp and being around the fire and singing campfire songs, actually. Ah, uh, childhood trauma, yeah, understandable. Yeah, I think yeah. it triggered me. I think it just triggered me about, yeah, dodgy, dodgy scout leader. Um, so, yeah, so I, uh, yeah, just never gave me any schmores. Nothing more dodgy than that. I, 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 yeah, I genuinely didn't like it. So I didn't actually get through the whole thing. And I found, I think I found the sort of the melodic, oh god it's really clunky and obvious and almost sounds to me like a child playing a sort of xylophone or something at christmas ding 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 oh i don't know there's just something really irritating about it um so yeah this one was definitely my least favorite outlaw p even though i would you know, I'd imagine that I'd love something like that that was a bit of a narrative and it's got a bit of a tale, you know, something a bit like I Shot the Sheriff comes to mind. That kind of, yeah, story of something. But yeah, I think I just found the melody too irritating to to get past, to enjoy any other aspect of it. Have you ever seen Bruce Springsteen live, Claire? Because I feel like, Fran, what you were saying, you know, you saw this live, I'm sure it's an epic. But... Oh, yeah, I, yeah, like watching him, I think Austin... I watched him at Glastonbury on TV. I then watched him in real life in 2012. And yeah, he's like, it's insane how he can perform for three hours. And like, he plays yeah. every song and gives it all. It all. It's just, just 
for, an amazing for, yeah for being his yeah, yeah. being in the 60s or he's now in the 70s and to constantly run around the stage and he runs into the audience and he, he high fives everyone he hugs everyone you know he he, did, he could easily stand there and play the guitar and just sing the hits you know he he gives it all and you've got to really admire that yeah oh absolutely i've not i've not seen him live but i'm really aware of his reputation for being a really really amazing live performer you know maybe on a par with someone like Mick Jagger who's the same you know he Mm. he never fails to give it less than his all you know for a man of yeah advancing years it's um it's genuinely impressive isn't it even to be on tour you know it's not an easy thing to do I mean saying that I don't get to go around in a massive luxury coach with young people massaging my feet etc etc i can't imagine their lives are too too dreadful i'm sure they've reached a point of being treated rather well um but yeah i I, i've not seen him live but i you know i definitely would if i if the opportunity came about i you know yeah i i would go check out bruce springsteen definitely there's there's not many artists who are in the 70s that i still listen to no music it's quite rare to be fair Um, yeah as album last year i i thought again a decent album but I know yeah and I'm surprised that he's still doing it like 40 years later mm, is there any tracks that. which we haven't discussed which you would love Claire by the by the, your boss um I guess probably Dancing in the Dark is is a classic mm-hmm. I love that song um it's real metaphor isn't it of surviving through difficult times and it's a it's a beautiful love story it's yeah I love Dancing in the Dark actually Yes, without a doubt, my favourite. Perhaps do you dance in the dark? Um, I'm not Courtney Cox Arquette, so unfortunately I do not dance very much to Dancing in the Dark. I do know that video reference. Uh, Not really. You know, I I don't even know if I know Born to Run, honestly. I really disengaged with, with Bruce Springsteen because, like I said, it's Americana country. And I think I feel with Bruce Springsteen, similar to what I felt in REM and discussed, it's like, I'd love to love him. I'd love to be into someone who you know is is in his seventies and still going strong. In, in Belgium, there's um, a guy called Arno, and I saw him live at a festival, and he was sixty five. And similarly, like it was incredible. You felt like you were watching an absolute legend, and everyone was singing the songs. Like I think I knew about one. And there's something very special about that, and you really respect someone who can keep doing that. I think Iggy Pop is the only one I can really think of who I've I've listened to stuff of his recently, and that's very varied. But no, I just haven't really engaged with Bruce and I wrote a song for Harry Potter no I did not (laughs) what was it called he's a big Harry Potter fan and he wrote a song for the first film called I'll Stand By You Always and Rowling turned it down because she didn't want to have any uh, any American influence in it at all wow oh poor Bruce Uh, imagine being rejected I know Bruce Springsteen and you've written a song for something you just assume wouldn't you (laughs) you just have an ingrained sense of entitlement and you wouldn't even predict at all that you'd be rejected um apparently he's called the boss was where in the early days when he toured with the E Street Band he always made sure that they got paid and then he'd go around and make sure that every member was given money before they left the building that's why he's called the boss ah there we go. There nice we go. And little anecdote there. So, Babs, after listening to the, these tracks, do you think Bruce Springsteen is over or underrated? Yeah, I'm afraid so. These tracks didn't convince me. They, you know, I could, I appreciated the Streets of Philadelphia a bit more, but that was it basically. I think 
I would like to maybe see him live. I think that that would change my opinion. But for three hours, if he's playing songs that I don't like, I would like to see him live in a way that I can quickly escape if I can. <laughs> Claire, Bruce Springsteen, over or underrated? Um, I I think that he's in in the place where he should be. You know, he's he's loved and admired by many many people. Um, so I I would say neither overrated nor underrated. I think that he's loved as much as he should be. Um, and I can't imagine that he's going to be reaching out to the younger generation unless your parents were particular Bruce fans and have kind of instilled that on you. But I, I imagine that his you know. That, that people of a certain age will really love Bruce and that perhaps he'll remain underrated for young people. But um, yeah, that's as close as I'm coming to giving him an over or underrating, <laughs> doing it by proxy of a whole other group of humans. If you're amazing live and you've tried lots of different styles of music and you can feel a best of CD, then you're not overrated. I think he's... I think I, think I should probably listen to more Bruce and I haven't for some bizarre reason. So I will say that he is not overrated. I think when someone has as big a back catalogue as he does, it's just really daunting sometimes. I I find that with like Kate Bush, David Bowie, same thing. I'm like, I think I like more than I think I do, but I have no idea where to start and life is short. So yeah. yeah, fair enough. Do you like music? Do you like podcasts? Do you like your hosts that are slightly eloquent with their words and well-spoken and articulate them in a perfect way? Then you can find two out of those three things on Bigger Disc. I'm your host Matt Latham and each fortnight a guest comes onto the podcast to talk about an album that they want to talk about for whatever reason they want to. We talk about the artists, we talk about the songs and we also talk about the album and we never talk about the artwork because I always forget. Other than that, we always talk about the good things and why people like what they like and you'll find that a lot in Bigger Disc. So find us on all your favourite podcasters of choice and I look forward to finding out the discs that you're picking. Underrated. And we're now going to be discussing the underrated selection, Frazier Ford. Uh, You saw her recently, didn't you, Claire? Very recently, yes. And I've not been aware of her for a a really, really long time. I became aware of Frazee Ford probably about three or four years ago, uh, just through a friend. Through a friend was going round for dinner to a friend's house and they had her playing um, through their computer. And I said, wow, who's this with this really amazing voice? And they introduced me to Frozie Ford. And so I just, I don't think I actually downloaded any albums. She just became one of my Spotify people, you know, mm. in my playlists, in my random playlists. And, and, and just kind of grew to just love some of her songs, as opposed to being, you know, really in love with particular albums, but just really in love with some songs. And then noticed that she's on the same record label as me. My my record label are also um, like literary agents as well. So they they have poets and performance poets, comedians on their books as well as musicians. And so, yeah, we're on the same label. And so I contacted Phil, my manager, and she said, oh, my God, you've got Frazee Ford, who I really, really love. And um he said, yeah, she's playing in Bristol in like a couple of days time. If you want to go and see her, I'll put you on the guest list. So yeah, got to got to go and see her. And um, she was fantastic. I absolutely loved her live because um, you never totally know, do you? You know, if someone's going to 
you know translate to 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 the live stage someone can really sort of hold a hold a tune together but they were absolute professionals they they just felt like they've been doing it forever they were so tight one of the tightest live bands I've ever seen and the the backing vocalist and her their yeah their their singing together was just like mm, lush just everyone kind of swaying in time and it's not you know it's not like dance your ass off music but it's got this really nice rhythm and blues kind of feel to it and and just yeah it sways her music really kind of swings very very soulful she's got vocals kind of similar to LP again I think I said earlier just this real timbre in her voice that she controls really really well and and takes it all over the place she really uses her voice as a as you know as another instrument in in the mix um and lovely on stage just so kind of chilled a bit like Adele, that feeling of just really at ease with the audience. You're having a chat with a room full of mates. Um, very funny, very confident. And, you know, something I really particularly love about her is, um, you know, she's a mum. She's in her 40s. She's got quite older kids. You know, I'm a mum. I'm in my 40s. So she totally, you know, speaks to me personally about where I'm at in my life. And and her body is that of a mum in her 40s, you know, she's got big hips, big, nice mama's boobs. And she's fucking rocking it in her videos, you know, she's totally confident. And it's so nice to see, you know, an older woman with that kind of confidence and that body shape, just, yeah, rocking it and, and owning it. And she's great. She's a great role model, you know, for older women, well, for women in general. We asked Claire to pick five tracks. Babs, um, you've listened to the playlist. Uh, what, what was your first thoughts on Frazee? So, yeah, I didn't want to do too much research on Frazee, especially because I was scared because I don't know you, Claire. And I was like, oh, God, if I'm going to if I'm going to hate this woman, uh, it's going to be a bit tricky. But I was reassured when I read this review that said, OK, it's swing with a mellow neo soul beat enlivened by buttery vocals. I was like, hello, is this food or music? Great. I don't know. Um, and I did, I read like one article about her and I saw some pictures and absolutely she's a curvy lady and she talks about like, she deliberately loves to wear bright clothes and people come up to her and they're like, oh, you know, like you, you've brightened up my day. So I was like, oh, I really, I really hope like I, um, I, I like some of her stuff and also she's Canadian and we all love a Canadian. So <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I was going in after reading that I went in a little bit less scared. What about you, Fran? I again had never heard of her myself. Most people reading comments say that they love her voice and I don't love her voice. And I'm thinking, oh no, oh no. Is this going to be like a Joanna Newsom situation for me? Because that's someone What is the Joanna Newsom situation? Well, hate. I can't handle Joanna Newsom's vocals. Okay, okay. I find it hard to get past it, unfortunately. I imagine, yeah. Do you know, I was going to say this is one of my points. If you happen to find her voice annoying, a bit like... Um, Heather Small's voice, you know, the singer from M People. If it irritates you, it's going to really irritate you, isn't it? A voice like that, it's going to really scratch you up the wrong way. I don't, I love it, but I, yeah, it's an absolute Marmite voice, isn't it? If you don't like it, you're really not going to like it. So, oh dear, sorry, Fran, love, sorry hey, about that. 
but that's my first impression. You got you guys have no idea what I think of the of her tracks. Mm. So back to the playlist, uh, Claire. Um, my first track was "Lovers, Lovers in a Dangerous Time," and um, I mean I've chosen all of these to correspond specifically with the Bruce tracks, um, whether or not it's something to do with the lyrics or even just the title of the song or the style of the song. I've tried to kind of line them up and. Obviously, the reason I've chosen this is Lovers in a Dangerous Time is is it corresponds to the subject matter of the Bruce song Streets of Philadelphia about gay lovers living in a dangerous time during a pandemic. So that was the connection. And this I mean, this is a really modern song. This is really recent. And it's basically about trying to be freaking happy in a world right now where we've got climate change and the rise of the fascist right and and lots and lots of difficulties in 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 our world right now and that's that's basically what this song is about being lovers in a dangerous time um so yeah trying to hold down a positive loving relationship while the world is going to shit around your ears um so it's a really thought-provoking song and hopeful as well you know there's a lot of hope that comes through it even though that sounds pretty bleak and I'd say that hope and gratitude and and sort of inner strength are definitely themes that run through her work um you know she's she's a strong resilient human and I really like her for that and um and it's it's just got her classic rhythm and blues rhythm that's kind of running through everything I mean I will say straight away that my one criticism I guess if it is a criticism is they're pretty samey you know they're pretty samey her songs you you get that rhythm and blues rhythm there's not too much variation from that personally I love it so I can kind of take it forever and ever um but yeah she's you know she's got a very very definite style phrasey and I would say that the poetry of her lyrics is another real strength that sets her apart from other singers for me. Um, yeah, I'm a massive fan, obviously, of, of spoken word and language, and there's a lot of depth there if you can get past the <laughs> bit. <laughs> Listen to what she's actually saying. You know, this is a cover, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? what which one? Love is in a dangerous the first time. Two, first two. This is for my. 19- I know that one more cup of coffee is um yeah is a cover. I didn't know yeah, this. This is from Bruce Cockburn for 1987. No, it's like an 80s no banger. Way. Oh no way! Wow. See, I I got confused as well because the I I went to look it up and the first thing that came up was bare naked ladies. And I was like, what? It's a bare naked ladies song. And then I was like, oh no, that's also a cover. <laughs> Really confused. Also, a cover. Oh my god! And so, who's the t- who is it again? Say Bruce the Cockburn. name again. Another Bruce. Another, Another Bruce. Wow. The Canadian Bruce Another this time. Bruce. Yeah. Another the Canadian Bruce again. That's what I chose. It really because I knew. <laughs> oh, well done. You found my hidden. It sounds like eighties Joan Armstrong. That's what I feel. Oh, very, like a, very like a, like a sparkly yeah, guitar yeah. line. So, give it yeah. a sense. It's completely different to her version. Right. Right. Oh, well, I'll have to check out his original version. And and I'm giving him credit for being a great poet as well. So he obviously is. Well done, him. <laughs> and I know I knew the second one was I knew the second one was a Bob, uh, a Bob Dylan cover. And partly the reason that I chose that was because of Bruce's um, likening to Bob Dylan as well. So I saw a real connection there. And one more cup of coffee. I um, 
I put that with glory days because it's kind of about holding on to something and not wanting to let something go. One more cup of coffee before I leave, you know. So there's this clinging on, this hanging on a little bit like with glory days. Um, And I love her. I love her version of this. I think it just her voice works absolutely beautifully with the lyrics of this and the melody of this. Um, And it's probably my favourite of hers in this list, even though it's a cover, which is probably a bit naughty to choose some cover songs, but, but, but tough. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. But Claire, one second. Didn't know the first one was though. I need to ask Babs about her, her thoughts on Lovers in a Dangerous. Yeah. So when, when Lovers in a Dangerous Time started, I thought, this isn't for me, but I didn't dislike it. And I actually, I really like her voice. And I think it's not just liking her voice. It's the way that it pairs with the acoustic and the bluegrass guitar. And mm. I really understood the sort of neo soul label because there is something about it being quite R&B-esque. And with, with this song and the next song, I wrote, is it like sludge acoustic, if that's a genre? Because it's it's acoustic and quiet, but it stretches out in the second. Like I quite... I don't like much metal, but I actually do like sludgy metal because like the, there's something quite nice about a powerful, slow sound. So I, I I didn't save One More Cup of Coffee or Lovers in a Dangerous Time to my playlist, but I very much did add it to my chilled playlist and will enjoy listening to it when I'm in that kind of contemplative mood. But yeah, what about you, Fran? So yeah, so both of these come from her debut. Um, is, it, is it Obadiah? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, which am I allowed to interject quickly with a great fact about that? It's just so good. Um, Yeah, that's it's her middle name. She's called Frazee Obadiah Ford. And um, she was given that name because her older brothers were allowed to give her her middle name when she was born. So they named her after the cat that had recently (laughs) run away. It's Fifi Trixabel all over again, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Um, And yeah, and she previously was, is it... um, is it be any? Is it be your Tanya or, or be more Tanya? The be good Tanya. Sorry, yeah, yeah, the yeah. be good Tanya. Is that very yeah. different to her? Because that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, is is it very different? Is it her really kind of doing her own thing, or is it a bit more of the same? Being, being more... I, 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 it's pretty similar. You, you know, you can kind of hear where, yeah, where, where, where it's come from. It's a slightly bigger sound, I think, the be good Tanya's. But um, yeah, it's it's much of a muchness. Yeah, it is. But this, as you say, if you like it, you know, if you like it, of course, yeah. you're going to recommend it. Yeah. So yeah, so a voice I was struggling with, but you know, compare. I really love the cover, the original version of this, and this, yeah, this is it, it, this matches the lyrics more than his version because it's more a laid back, romantic sort of energy to it. You know, you can imagine the, the sun going down and you know, and lovers embracing. And um, but I did struggle with the the next track, the one more cup, and I listened to the Bob Dylan version of Desire. And that's great. I really like the Bob Dylan <laughs> with the backing side, with the, with the violin and the thing. And like, well, it almost makes it worse, then, doesn't it? If you really like the original and and you're not mad keen on the cover, it's just going to exemplify that contrast. Now, I really don't like the cover. Although <laughs> Bob Dylan's version does does sound a little bit like Hotel California. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well noticed. Yes, I wouldn't have noticed that, but yeah, you're right. It does a little bit. But yeah, I, yeah, it, yeah. Not my usual cup of tea, but I more cup of coffee. Hate hey. the playlist. Hey. Uh, so let's so we move on to the next track. Yeah, let's move on to the next track. Because the video to this is 
beautiful oh it's just so superb isn't it and and i mean this done this is this is her big big hit and she played this in bristol and the crowd went wild in that very sort of organic chutney middle class wild way as in (laughs) they just clapped ever so slightly louder um so yeah this this is definitely her one of her big kind of iconic hits definitely for her fans and it's um it's a pure anthem for you know the divorcee who's just settled on the house or you know the, the the gay couple who've recently you know separated in an absolute kind of car crash spectacular ending um it's brilliant it's a proper kind of power hit there's some great lines in this my joy takes nothing from you beautiful beautiful line in fact she had some little enamel pins made with that lyric on it like written out like a sort of tattoo wrapped around a rose it was really cool I bought one um and the other line you're waiting for me to fuck up so you've got some proof um and it's just it's it's perfect example of someone who's got out of a really toxic controlling relationship and you know I'm done I'm done I'm done with you and and the the video is just beautiful isn't it just absolute power stepping down the street with her you know sister mum was by her side wearing all her cool clothes and she's just got that real kind of calm I'm done with your shit look doesn't give a fuck if she looks young hot and sexy but she looks fucking sexy anyway because she's sexy and you know but yeah she's just she's great she's great and and she's not afraid to be a mum you know she's not trying to hide that she's not trying to hide the fact that she's she's got a mum's body she's making that part of her cool and a big part of the video is her leaving with her boys in a traveler in a camper van and you kind of get a real insight into her life from that which you know when I did a bit of research on her life it it yeah absolutely she came from a really liberal childhood her dad was a conscientious objector so she had this very kind of free-spirited hippie-ish upbringing and you can see in that video that's very much a part of what she's doing with her kids you know they're traveling they're hanging with lots of groovy organic gardeners doing groovy organic things there's a lovely scene of her um pumping gas mm. this is you know i've never seen someone that more sexy uh with her. i've got to go watch this video clearly <laughs> like you're selling Hot lady it. pumping gas is what i'm all about I'm all about it. Yeah, totally. This totally. I, I thought this was the best track so far. Oh yeah. It's like yeah. come to music meets gospel, if that's a thing. It totally is. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. It's got an evangelical sound to it. You remember that song like in the naughty? So it's was it called So Fuck You. Yeah, Celo C- Green. No, 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 it's like the other one. by Frankie. Oh like fuck a, you, you hoe. But then yeah, that one. But yeah. the female version. <laughs> yeah. I thought this is like that for the the black coffee generation. <laughs> Oh yeah, very good, very good. But yeah, and I love I love songs where they have like an like angry lyrics but a breezy melody. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Totally. You had no idea how you know how angry she's. So oh, it's it's a, it's it's a razor blade in a velvet glove, isn't it? Yeah, totally. It it, it is. It is. It is. You, you've absolutely said it. It's you know it's almost this sickly sweetness. You know, da, 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 da. she's got all that lovely jingly jangly kind of high guitar yeah melody going through it with really really angry lyrics yeah i am not putting up with your shit anymore she said um in an interview that one of the highlights is when one of her kids likes her instagram posts (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, she feels like she's totally uh, made that's it. That's like 21st century mum. That's amazing. It so is. Yeah. It so is. I mean, yeah, I, I have to say, to rain on this parade a little bit, I think this is actually my least favourite of the of the really? song. So really? So I can't deny the catchiness of the of the her saying, I'm done. You really, really feel it. But there's honky tonk piano, there's some horns, and I just it it left me cold basically so I think oh. I think I need to reconsider and watch the video and the sexy lady at the gas station and maybe I will see it a bit differently so yeah, yeah. I reckon I reckon yeah. yeah I think yeah the video is definitely one to watch um, oh it is it is the video really sells it okay yeah interesting yeah I I would say so yeah uh, with a, change so, of t- a change of tone moving on to your next choice yeah I- moving on to the next one is you kin be the sun which um irritates life out of me straight away being absolute grammar police um so not using not using correct terms but kin obviously being family something in there about kith and kin and closeness um and this is the title of her latest album so this is the title track um beautiful 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 song and which one did I liken it with right yeah I put this one with the wrestler um and and I guess I I put these two together because there's something about look you are still in control of your own life you can choose to be who you want to be um you know it's an empowering song it's about just remembering your divinity remembering you are the light and you know you can do a lot of good in the world and I guess it was it was a kind of prayer to to that character in the wrestler of don't give up you know things aren't completely fucked you can be the sun um and it's it's very poetic this one it's very poetic it's definitely a bit cosmic um you know she's she's kind of singing all groovy things about us being universal and made of hydrogen and helium and how we're all basically star children which we are and um so it's really positive <laughs> and the video is really nice the video she loves obviously having her friends in videos and her kids in videos so there's no kind of actors or actresses all looking polished and gorgeous they're all full of totally ordinary looking people which is so reassuring and refreshing and um and and they're all kind of low budget there's no massive production value on any of them there's no big sort of cgi or anything happening and this one's just got all these flashes of like nebula in space and and the solar system and the galaxies and the planets it's just loads and loads of kind of space imagery fired up over someone's face so it's yeah it's great along with you can be the sun which is yeah really positive and it's it's just another great rhythm and blues kind of track it's got a little bit of a faster groove to it this one so you can swing your hips a little bit more a little bit more fluidly to this one I reckon um so yeah I think in terms of the upbeatness of her tracks this one this one's the most positive I think in terms of the musicality of it and I love it what's your thoughts so you can be the sun is by far my favorite uh I really really like this and again did not watch the video so it seems like I'll have to add to it uh, I was intrigued by the title and I hadn't made the connection that kin could be family. I was just like, mm. it's just because she does repeat it over and over. And I'm like, is she just, does she just enjoy saying it? Can? I don't know. Uh, the bass is incredible. And yeah, I'm a bad bass player. So I, I appreciate it when people do it well. And I also wrote, yeah, here it's gospel spiritual, but then it also has these very dreamy guitars. It's almost shoegazy. So yeah, I saved this one. Definitely will be re-listening to it. I thought it was incredibly original. Definitely my favorite. Fran? Well, yeah, so I can hear Nina Simone and Aretha Franklin combined. Mm. 
and I then saw her being interviewed and she name checked both of them. So I thought, okay. Um, it's got jazz piano. It's got a lovely space between the piano and the guitar, which I enjoy. The drums is kind of up front. It's got beautiful, soulful backing vocals. So I enjoyed the idea of it. I don't think I listened to it again. Don't hate me. <laughs> but I preferred it to the first two tracks. How's about that? Is that good? Oh, okay. Yeah, no. It great. is different. Like, yeah, I think when you said, Claire, it's all samey. Like, I think it's it's definitely the same in, let's say, atmosphere. But actually, I I did think there was a difference. Yeah, and, and the harmonies here were lovely. Like, Yeah, well, it's real. I'm going to have to, yeah, listen to it all again, again, again. Yeah, listen to the kind of that evangelical thing that you've both been talking about. You've both mentioned that, mm. and it's interesting. I can hear that in there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That that very high soprano kind of vocal backing backing sort of sound coming in as well, giving it that really angelic choral sort of sound at points, along with definitely the drum, the rhythms up front, giving it that real kind of, yeah, it's got a real drive to it, this one, hasn't it, that the others maybe don't have. It's it's definitely a more powerful song. And yeah, and lastly but leastly is a bit of a kind of, it's kind of a protest song, but it's it's actually, it, I, I think in terms of her relationship with her kids as a mum and relationship with kids as a whole, this is really beautiful. The kids are having none of it. It's it's all about kids protesting about the state of the world and, and you know, how bright kids are and they're not buying into capitalism in the same way and they're absolutely busting gender identity down the middle and absolutely doing things their own way and and fucking angry that we've all shat on the planet and and yeah there's there's lyrics in there about you know get out of the way you've really had your day and it's about kids kind of taking over and and in a good way you know and it's a very hopeful track actually in a lot of ways I think it's really empowering to kids it's not you know it's not at all piss takey it's actually crediting young people with an enormous amount of political awareness and intelligence and integrity and I really really love that about this um and you know there, there's there's some almost more slow almost slow drum and bass elements in this one it's it, it's it's I think this is the most different of all of them actually this one the, the last one it's yeah, I got some more, honestly, some almost like 90s dance music influences out of it. Um, less so the sort of bluegrass Americana. So I kind of heard something different going on here. And I, it's a close toss up for me between this one and done. Um, because you just get a sense that she really loves her kids in this too. And that's massively important to her in her music and in interviews. She talks about... Um, you know, just how massive it is in terms of her being an artist and the way that she engages with the world is totally different because she's a mum. So, and being a mum myself, you know, I just feel this massive connection with her, actually, a kind of kinship with where she's at in her life. So, yeah, I think maybe this one's my favourite. I think I, I prefer this one even more than done although I think musically I prefer done I could kind of dance more to that but in terms of the lyrical content which is so hugely important for me um I think I choose this one as my favorite the kids are having none of it perhaps what's your thoughts so I really appreciate the bass and her voice and I think now that you've talked about I had no idea she was a mum but that didn't in the article that I scanned that didn't come about 
that makes it even stronger because yeah it's nice to to hear an older person being like the kids are all right but actually it's obviously very personal for her but actually I think I need to listen to it again because I wrote that for me it's very similar to the first two so my overall Mm -hmm. feeling was it's not for me but I can understand why people like it but I, I will say that lyrically she is amazing and you can really see that and I think I think I really need to see the videos to this to add that extra layer because I think I'm going to get more out of it slash sing her life. I I think they are very much videos that really add some videos don't do they you kind of watch it and you know it takes something away these really do add they're so human they're just so human Mm. there's something really real about them and you you feel like you could be I don't know just watching your friend down the road having a you know having a moment about her kids and her family it's there's something very familiar feeling about and accessible about her videos have you heard of uh britney howard alabama shakes lady yes because this sounds a lot like britney howard i think if you enjoy this i'm writing the name down um although britney howard maybe brings i say more to table not not as a slight but like she has maybe more going on this is a bit more stripped down isn't it um i think that she said that um she wrote this song that's literally well i think this album by she would go in with a bass and drum uh, event, she played piano and then just like improvise. And then she'd play it back and then she just choose the bit she liked, which is why it's got a sort of like jazzy sort of groove. I was just gonna say, it's got a jazz feel to it then, mm-hmm. hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, vocally, she sounds quite jazzy at points as well, where she's kind of really playing with the notes, she's bringing it up, she's taking it down. She's, you know, she's going on a journey there and you can tell a lot of that's kind of improvised in the moment. Um, yeah 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 you can hear the jazz elements definitely i read the lyrics completely wrong i thought this was about an ex-husband and not wanting him to come and see the kids so i'm (laughs) (laughs) brilliant amazing how you can read things in different ways i mean i've got them in front of me it could it could read like that as well because it's like the likes of you should never hold the wheel you've had your day absolutely it could it could be that right it could be her morning bell Yeah. yeah You've probably got to see the video then. Yeah, the video depicts lots of young people um, painting protest banners. Oh, really? So yeah, you really get this feel. It's a political, it's a political song. So um, I should probably ask you the question, Babs. Do you think that uh, Frazee Ford is underrated? Absolutely. I even though I would say her type of music is not usually my kind of music, I had never remotely heard of her. And you can be the sun for me just shows that this is someone who has the potential to be incredibly original and bring together lots of genres. Like it doesn't surprise me, Claire, that you were talking about drum and bass and, and other stuff. Like you, she's definitely pulling from a lot of areas and she's, she's a very interesting person. So yeah, even, even though I only saved one song to my library, I, I think she's underrated. Yep. Cool. You? Me? Mm-hmm. No one cares about my thing. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> I so I like three songs out of five. I didn't like the first two. So if what I'm hearing now is is what she is the direction she's taken, then that, that's that's all good. Um, but looking at her Spotify, September Fields seems to have like twelve and a half million listens. Yeah, that's so that her biggest track. banger, is it? That's that's a lovely track, September Fields. Yeah, yeah. So it's mostly quite big in Canada, man. That's a lot of listens. I'm saying she's probably pretty big. Yeah. I mean, she, like I say, it was a sellout in Bristol and Phil said she's doing really, really well. So she's obviously got a pretty reasonable British 
clientele. Um, you know, obviously some people are aware of her. It was definitely an older audience. It was an older crowd. Um, you know, who, who knows? I mean, I was totally unaware of the Be Good Tanyas. I think maybe vaguely had heard of them. It kind of rang a bell in my mind, but certainly not a band whose music I was aware of at all. But, you know, they might have also built up a bit of a, you know, a bit of a following. Um, but yeah, I, I think she's very definitely underrated, obviously. Yeah, she's been mm. on George Holland as well, I saw. So oh, really? she's had some exposure. I'm happy that the journey wasn't a horrible one and I would have listened to to Dunn again and again. Yeah, great. And yeah, watch the video, I reckon, Done if you haven't already. Brilliant. Is there any yeah. other songs, Claire, you, could, you would recommend to our listeners? About Frazee Ford in particular or just anything? Frazee Ford in particular. It about Frazee Ford in particular. Um, yeah, well, her three albums, she's only got the three. Um, Obadiah, as I say, is her middle name, um, named after the cat, is her first one in 2010. Then Indian Ocean, 2014, and the most recent one, You Can Be the Sun, 2020. Um, and I would suggest anybody have a listen to Frazee Ford because she has got a bloody marvellous voice and way with words and music so claire if our audience wants to discover you where can they find you um gosh okay well just all over the place i'm all over the internet like a rash so even if just people google my name claire ferguson walker i'm i couldn't even say my name properly then claire ferguson walker i'll come up like a rash um my sculpture website is cfwdesigns.co.uk um and on facebook you can either come and befriend me personally or follow my pages there's the art of claire ferguson walker and that's the same on instagram and the other thing what's the other thing I do oh yeah performing that's there on Facebook as well uh Claire Ferguson Walker poet and comedian and I'm so lazy at updating that one <laughs> it's like this honestly it's like this neglected child that page you can update yourself girls how old are you um but yeah come and find me online that would be great and uh, yeah thanks again um Babs do you have any final thoughts um god no my my brain has absolutely gone i think i need to go and listen i need to go to my chilled playlist where Frazee ford sits now and just listen to some songs seep in you know you were talking about listening to music mindfully definitely that's yeah. what i enjoy about this podcast it's like you sometimes you have to be very analytical like okay i'm gonna sit down and think about you know chord structures and uh lyrics yeah but uh yeah it's nice to then do that and go and listen to stuff so so yeah shout out shout out to my chill playlist on on spotify which i think is findable so that's what i'll shout out <laughs> yay i'll come find that yeah thanks both of you for having me on absolute pleasure no worries and goodbye the audience goodbye the audience <laughs> bye and that's how clary and the podcast <laughs> Americana special. Thank you for listening. Let us know if you think Bruce Springsteen is overrated or if Frazee is underrated. Be nice to hear from you. And we do have social media like many other people in the world. So if you do have Twitter, we are OU Music Pod. 
and if you have Instagram, we are over underrated music pod. So give us a follow and then of course subscribe to this podcast. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? And if you have any requests for any genres or artists for us to cover, let us know. And thanks again for listening and have a lovely time. Baby.